entrepreneurs so on born that brew. You are now listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's grow. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Adam McChesney, and I want to thank you for being here today. We are live from Half Coast Studios here in St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you to Half Coast for this amazing setup in sponsoring the show. If you are looking to start your podcast or take your current one to the next level, then you need to come check out what these guys have going on. Contact them today for a free consultation. And if you're listening, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on Apple. We would love for you to share this on social media by tagging me, and that way we can get this incredible content out to more people. Yet another great episode lined up for you today. I'm really excited with about this one. This guest and I first connected well over a year ago at an Apex event. I will never forget it, and I don't know if he remembers it, but I'm sure he does because he's a very smart person, but he was a newer member and had reached out to the group to schedule a meetup the night before. Not only did he schedule the entire thing being one of the newest members, he ended up picking up the check, and we were all like, man, this guy was already cool, but now this guy's <laughs> even a little bit cooler. I'm really grateful to know this guy. He is genuinely one of the nicest and most down-to-earth people that I have ever met. My guest today is Josh Thomas. He is the host of the Zoo Zone podcast, and he currently lives in Austin, Texas. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm surprised you remember that, man. That's funny. <laughs> you know, it's when you when you want to make friends. <clears throat> I, I figured this out because I'm I'm usually I'm usually the awkward guy in the corner, right? And and I thought, okay, I'm joining this new group. I don't know anybody. What's the best thing that I can do? feed them, give them alcohol. That's the ticket. That's how you make friends. You buy them food and drinks. And then all of a sudden the next day, man, it was like, Josh, what's up? (laughs) That's how you do it. That's how I overcame my anxiety. I just bought people cheeseburgers. Man, I love that. Yeah. It was like 15 months ago and I'll, I'll, I'll literally never forget it. And and so I think you and I had like briefly connected online right before that, saw that. And I was like, yeah, let's go have a good time. And then, you know, obviously the rest is history. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. I know it was on your podcast a couple of months ago and been really excited for this episode. For our listeners, uh, as always, we like to compare the guests and their journey to that of the beer brewing process, thus the name Entrepreneur. So, So, Josh, we like to kind of start out about the history of our guests, but we like to start kind of where you're at right now and then work back in terms of your entrepreneurial journey. So give us a little bit about what you do right now, uh, where you live, obviously, Austin, Texas, and uh, what you do. Yeah, well, one quick question though, and and that little uh, and that little cup you have off to the side of the thermos, is it actually full of beer? This one is not. No, this is uh, this is all this is all water, all water. The trail, man. <laughs> I know. This I know. is not the Entre Water podcast. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, you got it. So, uh, well, as far as what I'm doing now, uh, for for the last ten years, I've been consulting small businesses, mostly in the coaching and uh, service space. And helping them grow their sales processes and their profits and their revenues. Uh, Typically what I do, I'm, uh, I'm not necessarily a coach, if you will, but I'm an implementer. And so we find ways that uh, we can increase your business revenue quickly. And we find ways that we can increase your profits quickly through uh, finding efficiencies in your systems and your processes. So it's kind of a fancy way of saying uh, I, I help businesses grow. 
but that's that's been exciting for me. Uh, and uh, I've been working in many different industries. I've uh, directly connected with and worked with more than 2,500 entrepreneurs. And uh, it's it's I'm always on my toes trying to figure out what's that next thing to get that next advantage for the next guy. That's incredible. I didn't realize it was that many business owners that you've worked with, but I I see everything that you post about, and we've had many conversations over the course of the last uh, last year plus. And every time I talk to you, it's like a light bulb goes off where I'm like, oh, I should be doing that. I should be doing this. And so I know that not only are you good at what you do, but you're passionate about it. You can hear in your voice. So I, I would love to know kind of like where, where you see some of the biggest issues in entrepreneur in working with entrepreneurs. Cause obviously that's where most of the people that are listening to this episode uh, or this podcast, what are some of the key things that you see as some of the biggest struggles that people just can't seem to get past the number one biggest struggle that an entrepreneur is going to face typically happens right at the beginning. And it has to do with choosing a path. And uh, you know, we've, we've got many different names and titles for it. Shiny object syndrome being the number one chief among all of them. But the idea is we have to pick a path. And, and when we don't pick a path, then we're just wandering uh, kind of in the same way that if everybody is your audience, then nobody is your audience. Uh, and so uh, if, if I'm going to, if you and I are, are sitting there at the house and I say, Hey, Adam, let's take a ride, man. Uh, and you say, yeah, sure, man. What's the next question coming out of your mouth? Where are we going? Exactly. <laughs> now, that's the, that's like a gut reaction that anybody's going to have like, Hey man, let's go take a ride. Cool. Where are we going now as an entrepreneur, go back to when you said, okay, I, I don't think I want to be a, an employee anymore. I don't think I want this job anymore. You know, I think I want to go in a different direction and your buddy's sitting right next to you and says, where do you want to go? And your answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to try a bunch of stuff until I figure it out. It didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's the biggest hurdle is picking a path. I want to do something else. Well, what do you want to do? You should probably answer that question as best you can before you take a step. And the next question after that is typically, well, who do you want to serve? And it can't be, well, as many people as possible, whoever needs my help, because we have to we have to narrow down and we have to say, I want to help digital marketers who have podcasts about beer. <laughs> because if I can do that, then I've got your attention, man. I've captivated you at that point, right? Oh, yeah. I've worked with dozens of digital marketers who have podcasts about beer, and you're like, your ears perk up. You're like, oh, I need that, whatever it is. You know, but if I'm just a generalist, you're like, yeah, whatever. I've heard that a million times. And so if we can jump over those two hurdles at the very beginning, everything else gets easier. You want to be everything to everyone, but you end up being no one, nothing to no one. And so why don't you try to be one thing to someone? If you can be one thing to someone, 
the world really is your oyster. And I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up this point by uh, making one comment. Uh, I believe it was Scott Oldford. If you guys don't know who that is. He's a pretty prolific uh, internet marketer. He's been around a long time. And he was making the point of, you shouldn't be for everyone. Keep in mind that there are 7 billion people on this planet, more or less. And if you subtracted like 99% of those people, there are still something like uh, 70 million people that could are left in that 1%. Now you take out 99% of them and you're left with, uh, you know, check my math on this, but 70,000 people, if you had 70,000 customers, unless that, unless your product was a dollar, that's a wildly successful business. 1% of 1% of the population will create a wildly successful business for you at any price point. And so you really, and, and you're really only going to be able to get their attention if you're saying something that resonates with them and general statements and phrases. And, you know, those kind of like, over washing generic motivational phrases and stuff that doesn't resonate with people. What resonates with people is what are you saying to me? How are you speaking to me? How are you saying my language? Man, that that's a lot of insanely powerful information and the episode just started. So I'm excited for the rest <laughs> of it, but I think, I mean, I've been there. I mean, any entrepreneur who says they haven't been in that shiny object or un maybe sort of lack of clarity space of who do I need to serve or what mission or path am I going on is, is honestly just lying. But it, if you can get over those things, as you mentioned, I like that, that's, that's the biggest hurdles in the beginning. It definitely makes sense. The, the next thing that we kind of like to get into here is, is key ingredients in, in beer obviously makes a great beer, but key ingredients as far as being a successful entrepreneur, what are three things that have made you successful thus far? Well, it took me a long time to learn the lesson I just shared with you. More than a decade, really, uh, because I spent a decade being that general person and trying to be everything to everyone. That's why I know it so well, because it beat me into submission for a decade. I lost 10 years of my life thinking I was somebody I wasn't. Uh, and so the best key to my success is I shed some of my armor and I just focused on doing one thing really, really well. Oh, Hey, what about this? Do you do this? Do you this? Yeah, sure. I can. But here's the thing I'm really good at. I focus on that one thing. And then once I started doing that, I started getting really good at that, but I hit another wall because I was isolated and I was by myself. And when you're by yourself, you don't, you don't have anybody stretching or pushing your paradigm of what's possible of what you're capable of. You're just out there on an Island kind of figuring it out. And well, does this work? Is this what other people are doing? I don't know. And so the second real key to this was, I had to surround myself with people who were thinking faster than me, who were thinking bigger than me, who were going harder than me. That's when I met you. <laughs> and because 
my ability to be successful as an entrepreneur uh, increased when I just started focusing on one thing, but I very quickly hit that wall. And I had people start telling me like, hey, man, you need to join a mastermind. You need to do this and you need to do that. Nah, man, I don't know. I'm going to hang around people like Apex, like Stuman. Is that like the guy with the, the cars and the watches? Oh, come on. But then I get in here and I'm surrounded by people who are thinking faster than me. And they really changed the way that I processed entrepreneurship. So that second real trick there would be surround yourself with the right people. Get yourself in the right room is the way I like to put it. So focus on one thing. Get yourself in the right room. And the final one is leverage. Uh, because there's only so much that you can do as one person. And getting myself into the right room certainly helped me change and create new opportunities. And there was a lot of really cool stuff that came out of that. But one of the most successful things that ever came out of it was when I leveraged my skills and combined them with the skills of other people. And that creates unlimited growth potential really fast. You know, if, if you can, if you can take what you do and have that only be a fraction of the production of a team, then that makes you that many more times productive. So focus, get yourself in the right room and leverage when possible. No, I, I love those pieces of advice because they kind of all go together. Uh, you know, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of information out there and when you can focus, when you can then focus and be in the right room and then leverage the people that are around you that you meet and all those different things, that's when the really cool stuff, as you mentioned, happen and things start to, to move at quicker levels and it, it definitely takes you to the next level as an entrepreneur. The, the next aspect that we like to talk about here is kind of the ups and downs. So I know you mentioned kind of that 10-year span and you kind of hinted at some of the things that whether it's shiny object or not understanding, you know, who your ideal client is, being that generalist. Talk about some of the ups and downs of the journey, basically from when you got started um, and kind of where you're at today, what some of those were. Well, I'll tell you, I got a little bit spoiled. Uh, I, I used to have a job as a teacher and I got kind of burned out on that. Got a real estate license. That wasn't such a good idea in 2008. And uh, so I'm sitting here and I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. Couldn't make any money as a real estate agent. And so I sat down you know, around December of that year and opened up my computer and typed in something stupid, like how to make money online or whatever. And, uh, by the way, did not find the answer. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but what I did find, uh, was I found people out there talking about it. And, uh, one of the people I found was Perry Marshall, uh, and Perry at the time, you know, 15 years ago, he was, the world's foremost authority on Google AdWords advertising. And I really looked up to him. He had this no nonsense, very thorough approach. He was uh, well-spoken, well-written. And, uh, and so I followed him and a couple of other guys, Mike Dillard. Uh, and I, 
I messed around and I figured out how to use AdWords to sell an ebook as an affiliate or something. And I, I, I went and, you know, like a mad scientist and like, it was like the worst part of my life. I'm, I'm like staying in my ex-wife's apartment. <laughs> it was just like the worst time, man. And I sat there, it was like 1130 at night and a little ding goes off of my email and it said, you just made a sale. And it was this $27 ebook and I made like $9 commission. And I was like, holy shit, it works. Oh my God, it works. You know? Um, And all I had to do was just keep doing that. But I wanted to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And and so I got, I got distracted. I'm like, well, I can do this. I can do this. And I started buying all this stuff and it started getting really smart, but I stopped making the progress. Couldn't make a living selling $9 commission books. Uh, And so I ended up kind of giving up on that and I went and got a job and the only job I could find in that economy was uh, like a sales job. Uh, And I wasn't, I had no sales skills whatsoever, Uh, but I was very fortunate. There was a guy named Nate Brooks uh, who was my very first sales mentor and uh, he taught me how to sell. And that leveraged me into, I had an opportunity. I got a job with Perry doing sales. And it was cool. And so I got this education, but but it came with its cost. Okay. Because Perry was a very high profile, uh, internet marketing personality at the time. Uh, and he's still a pretty big deal, I think. Um, but because of that status that I got for being associated with Perry, I didn't start working on my own thing or my own game. I just kind of rode his coattails, you know, and they're like, Oh, you work for Perry. I'm like, yeah, I work for Perry. You know, obviously I'm a genius. Hmm. Uh, and I did learn a lot. I got a ton of free education. I made a bunch of great connections and relationships. Some, some of which I still maintain to this day. Uh, but I didn't personally advance in my career and my opportunities. I was an employee and I liked being an employee because it came with a bunch of perks. And then that opportunity started kind of waning over time. And, and then I was sitting there and I'm like, well, shit, what do I do now? Cause I worked for Perry for more than six years, just stagnant seeing people not as smart as me, just blasting past me because they were just doing the work and I wasn't doing the work, you know? And I mean, that's the, the, the biggest hurdle I was facing was, I had this attitude that, oh, okay, well, I got this status. I'm better than everybody. I don't have to work. And nothing could have been further from the truth because when that job ended, I had to go and do the work. <laughs> and if I had just been doing the work for the last eight years, I probably wouldn't need to work at all. But I got stuck in that idea that, oh, okay, no, I'm really smart. And, you know, someday, Someday this is all going to work out for me. But, uh, and that was true, but it was only true because I ended up doing the work and, and that was what I was avoiding the entire time. That's a, that's an incredible story just from the fact that you were looking up to that guy online and figuring out ways to make money. And then all of a sudden it kind of came full circle and then, there's the other aspect where where it came back to the original reason why you wanted to do everything. And so 
I think that that's so interesting that I think so many people have those stories, but so many people get stuck and bogged down in, hey, I'm just going to go ride the coattail and I'm going to go take the easy path. I'm going to go take the path because you, as you mentioned, it does come with all those perks. And that's what I did for five years. Yeah. And then I realized, you did it. I, I realized like, what is going on? Like it, I, I'm going to be in this rat race forever. If I don't change and start to build something bigger and better for myself. And so I think that that is phenomenal. The, the next you, I mean, you, but, you know, one more point about that, because yeah. you, you, you said something important right there because we get stuck in this comfort zone and some of us are able to look at it and say, nah, I, this isn't for me. I'm going to go over there. But a lot of us can't do that on our own. Like I, I wouldn't call myself a glutton for punishment exactly, but I kind of need to be smacked, you know, in order to, in order for me to change direction, it, it can't, it can't just be like occurring to me like, Oh, you know, I don't think this path is serving me anymore. I'm going to change directions. I've always had a real hard time with that. I need somebody to just be like, Hey, go that way, you know, but I don't want to go that way. You don't have any choice. Go that way. I, I kind of need that for some reason. And so what happened, like just share uh, Perry actually fired me <laughs> and, and it was the, at the time I was so pissed, you know, because, you know, basically what was happening is we were just kind of drifting in different directions philosophically for a while. And I wasn't really comfortable in the situation and he wasn't either, but we kept doing it. I stuck around because I was codependent and he let me stick around because he was just a chill dude. And eventually he called me up. He's like, all right, look, man, it's the end of the line. I'm going to let you go. And I was just like, oh, beside myself. And I was so mad at him, you know. Um, but then within 24 hours, I, I, I picked up the phone. I called around and I found another opportunity that was not a job, but it was a consulting thing. I replaced my income immediately. And that started my my true entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and the reason I'm sharing that is if Perry hadn't have fired me, I wouldn't have quit. And I would have wasted more years of my life doing something I really didn't want to do. I needed that smack. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it forced me to get out of that comfort zone and do the thing that I knew I was capable of. Are you starting to see a trend here? <laughs> yeah. That that is a truly full circle story now that that all of those things happened and and yeah I mean a lot of people are like that right a lot of people need that like life altering moment in some sort of fashion or to get let go from their job in order to really understand that they have to go in a different direction so I uh, man that's a great story <laughs> yeah man. So it's, and I felt like it was important to share because uh, somebody listening to your podcast right now is, is probably feeling like, well, you know, I'll be ready for this Sunday. Yeah. You know, some, I just got to get a couple of things in order. Uh, you know, I got to save up this and I got to make sure and try that. But look, what if you woke up tomorrow and if you're working at a job or something and your boss 
just says, Hey, it's, you got to go. Or what if you're already an entrepreneur and all of your clients tomorrow simultaneously call you up and say, you know what? Screw you, Adam. I quit. I I'm canceling my credit cards. Um, and I'm not going to do any more business with you. Like, what if that happens tomorrow? Are you ready for it? Of course you're not. But at that point, you are going to figure out survival instinct will kick in and it will create opportunities for glory for you that you won't create for yourself just sitting around and waiting for things to be just right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The opportunity is going to come from some of the hardest moments and some of the most difficult things that happen to us. That's uh, that's a fact. I, I've been there. I've I've been in in both as an entrepreneur and as an employee in that aspect. And there's a lot more at stake when you're an entrepreneur because you've put it all on the line at that point. But there's also a lot more opportunity on the other end. So you've given a ton of great information, a ton of great pieces of advice. The next question is, what is one of the biggest lessons that you would learn that could save an entrepreneur a year's worth of mistakes? I know you've already mentioned a couple, but if there is anything different than you've already mentioned, what would that biggest lesson be? The do zone. Let's, let's go into that. The do zone is a set of rules that I developed to keep people from procrastinating and pretending and fantasizing that they're being productive when they're actually not. And it's very simple. There are three rules that must be followed in order in order for you to be considered in what's called the do zone. And the do zone is where you are able to be objectively productive, actually productive, not like, Oh yeah, you know, man, I got a lot of stuff done today when you really didn't do anything that moved the needle stuff that moves the needle that counts. Okay. And here are the three rules. Number one, you must be working on a relevant and current project, something that, uh, matters to you right now, not something that matters to you in six months or six months ago. It must be relevant and current. Number two, uh, it must have an immediate and measurable outcome. So again, it has to be something that you can complete with expediency, like within the hour or today or something that has a measurable outcome. What is a measurable result you can produce immediately? Okay. And then rule number three, and this is the most important one. It must be objectively observable by a third party. And the example I like to give is, you know, you sign up for some Facebook ads course and you sit down you start watching videos and you're learning, right? I can see that you're staring at a computer, Adam. I cannot see that you're learning unless I rip open your noggin, crack open your skull and like watch all of the neurons firing. Okay. And I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm not a morbid person, but I can't objectively observe you learning. And so sitting down and learning something is not objectively productive. I can't tell. And I put that rule in place because a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we get stuck in this binge learning cycle. Oh, I'm just going to learn this next thing. I'm going to learn this next thing. I'm going to get so ready. I'm so ready. But you're not taking action. 
James Clear uh, says in his book, Atomic Habits, there's a difference between motion and action. Motion is that preparing, getting ready, and I'm moving around. I'm creating a lot of motion. It feels like I'm getting a lot of stuff done because I'm moving. But action is what creates results. Motion just creates energy. Action creates results. And so the, that third and final rule is you must be doing something that is objectively observable by a third party. So same Facebook ads course that you're taking. After you watch the video, you go to Facebook and you set up your first ad and you hit the live button and you watch traffic come through and get stats. That's the do zone. Sitting there and learning about it, that doesn't count. And the do zone, that's a, that's a great, and I, and I've known that I was been on your podcast before and I've seen every, everything that you've talked about, about it, about it. So I'm excited for the listeners to dive into that. Cause I think it's such an amazing, such an amazing tool set that you have that there's, there's all this fluff, there's all the shiny objects, there's all this stuff that just doesn't really matter. And this just narrows it down to predictable things that actually can make a difference in your life. That's amazing. Yes, sir. So the last thing that we'll talk about here today is the distribution of the beer. So taking it to market and selling. So you have obviously the do, the do zone podcast, you have, you know, your consulting stuff, all that stuff. What is next and where is the future going for Josh? A couple of friends and I uh, got together and we realized that there are a ton of small businesses out there who are looking to grow. And they're looking to position themselves for a future exit. And in order to do that, they need senior level executives to join their team and to guide and advise them and to run different parts of their organization. Uh, for instance, Adam, you're an excellent marketer. Uh, should you be doing your own marketing? That remains to be seen. Uh, but just because you're an excellent marketer and you may be doing your own marketing doesn't necessarily mean that you're an excellent uh, financial advisor and you should be doing your own finances. It doesn't mean that you should be running sales. Uh, it doesn't mean that you should hook up and handle and manage all of the tech. All of those positions have subject matter experts and senior level executives that can come in and do a way better job at you than you, no matter how good you are because your role as a business owner or as the entrepreneur is to be a visionary and to direct the vision of the company, not necessarily getting your hands super dirty all of the time and working 18 hours a day. The problem is it's very difficult to uh, afford a senior level executive when uh, you're either just starting out or you have a very small business or there's only a handful of you. And it's like, well, it doesn't make sense. These guys cost a minimum of 10 K a month, usually plus bonuses. So you're, you're paying out at least $200,000 a year in payroll for, for like a decent person, not even like a super pro, just someone decent. Uh, and so what we did is we put together what's called a fractional C-suite and the fractional C-suite allows you to have all of those senior level officers, but instead of paying them a full-time salary and having them sitting there and occupying a desk in your office, uh, you know, breathing up your oxygen and sucking up all of your, your benefits, 
uh, we're able to do that remotely and much more efficiently for a tiny fraction of what it would cost to just hire one executive. You can have six. Uh, and so that's what we're working on right now. It's called the C-suite ninjas. That's amazing. I'm excited to hear more about that and see, I think it's such a, you know, I work with obviously businesses all the time and it, it's such a missing piece in their, their growth or the scalability. And that's where they obviously are looking to go, but they don't, you just can't find people like that. That's affordable, right? That, that actually makes sense. So I'm excited to, to kind of see that come to fruition and see what you guys are able to accomplish. That's amazing, man. Josh, I really appreciate you coming on here today. Any last pieces of advice for the audience before you head out? Go do something. Simple. And I, I mean, this was a jam packed episode that has a ton of information, a ton of actionable and, and tactical things that you can go as an entrepreneur, as someone listening to this and make your business better. And this is what it's all about. Josh, I really appreciate you coming on the episode today, man. Always a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Yeah, man. And I want to thank you again to the audience for tuning in to today's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share our content. Leaving a five-star review goes a long way. And thank you again to Half Coast Studios. If you're in St. Louis and looking to start your own podcast, then you seriously need to come check out what they have going on here. See you all next week. And remember, entrepreneurs aren't born, they are brewed. I'm an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs aren't born, they're brewed. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's